Welcome, Room 38 readers, to another podcast episode featuring our core reading selection from Reading Street. This is bound to be an episode that piques your curiosity, opens up your mind to a career that you might not have known existed, and contributes to your understanding of man-made and natural disasters that affect our lives and lead us to consider how we might prepare for such an emergency as a wildfire. Today I am going to introduce you to the world of smoke jumpers, brave men and women who risked their lives to stop raging wildfires by parachuting into the smoke and flames. This week's core selection is entitled Smoke Jumpers, Life Fighting Fires, written by Mark Baer, a writer and educator who has also written other books featuring people who do interesting work that benefits our society. This selection is another example of an expository text which features real people, places, things, or events. When you read the text in your book, you will be reminded from other stories we have read this year that expository texts often include subheadings, charts, diagrams, or illustrations, photos, and captions. In today's podcast, I will read portions of our main selection as well as introduce you to the first female smoke jumper, Deanne Shulman. Jumpers, Life Fighting Fires by Mark Baer. Extreme Risk. Fighting forest wildfires is a dangerous business. Some wildfires, however, are easier to get to than others. They can begin to burn near roads or they can move through low-lying forests on flat ground or gentle slopes. These wildfires are fought bravely by ground crews of hotshots. Hot shots can be a line of 5, 18, or 70 men and women who are working very close to a blazing wall of fire. Other wildfires burn in far-off remote areas of a forest. These wildfires can start in a deep gulch or high on a mountainside. These places are often far from roads. The only way to get to these places quickly is by dropping firefighters from planes. So what do you get when you cross a wildfire firefighter with a parachutist? That's right, a smoke jumper. Smoke jumpers and hotshots are equally dedicated to putting out wildfires. Their mission is the same. Stop wildfires before their destructive energy destroys the forest, kills the animals, or threatens human life. Smoke jumpers have an added task, however. Before they even hit the ground, smoke jumpers are hard at work tracking the fire, finding the right place to jump, and concentrating on landing safely. Once on the ground, smoke jumpers work the same way any forest firefighter does. They cut down trees and drag them from the wildfire's path. They dig up stumps. They chop away the underbrush. Then they turn the soil over and over until just dirt remains. All this work is done while the fire creeps closer to them. The firefighters create a fire break, a wide dirt barrier, which is essential in helping to stop the spread of wildfire. Sometimes, though, even 50 feet of dirt is not enough to keep sparks from drifting over to another dry forest area. Little sparks can create raging fires. Smoke jumpers can work for days against a large wildfire, 
They might even work 18 hours with only breaks for food. Their dedication has stopped the destruction of millions of acres of forests all over the world. Jumping into a fire. Every summer seems drier than the last up in the Rocky Mountains. Underbrush is like a tinderbox. A careless hiker or a flash of lightning could cause the area to quickly go up in flames. And then it happens. Lightning hits in the high gulch. Smoke is spotted from miles off. There are no roads nearby, and before long, the wildfire may get out of control. This is a job for smoke jumpers. Danger lurks all around the smoke jumpers. The airplane fights high winds caused by the rush of air from the blaze below. The plane must get the smoke jumpers to the drop zone. There is no large clearing. Rocks line the mountainside. The area is remote. If the fire rages out of control, rescuing the smoke jumpers will be difficult and dangerous. What is the plan? Situations like this are almost a daily routine for smoke jumpers. However, they trust that their training will help them overcome the obstacles that make fighting wildfires so difficult. Special uniforms, equipment, and tools also help smoke jumpers fight wildfires as well as provide them with protection while they battle these blazes. Most of all, smoke jumpers work together and help one another to make it through a long day or days of wildfire fighting. As promised, here is an excerpt from an interview with Deanne Shulman, the first female smoke jumper. This interview was recorded at the University of Montana, Missoula, and is archived at the Maureen and Mike Mansfield Library. Well, do you remember what your first jump was like? Yeah. Yeah, I jumped in um, Utah with a lot of wind blowing out of the dug. There were 12 of us jumping on a huge fire in Utah, and they jumped us on it, because <laughs> we certainly weren't in a good position to do much of anything. But yeah, it was real windy, and I landed back, coming in backwards, and hit a, tr a small tree, left where it stopped my back with the wind, and dropped to the ground. <laughs> Relief that I got. <laughs> Did it make you have second thoughts about uh, jumping? No. Mm -hmm. Do you like jumping? Um, yeah. When I have a good jump, there's always kind of a feeling of anticipation and planning. But when I have a good jump, um, get on the ground, it feels great. <laughs> Do you feel like you were adequately trained before you went into oh, yeah. that jump? Yeah. Yeah, we trained a lot. Were you the only woman training at this time? Yeah. And how was that? Um, that, it was really hard. The training was very difficult. And, um, well, I, my main drawback was I wasn't as good as a runner as the rest of the guys. I had, um, I was equal in upper body type strength, push-ups. The running was kind of a drag. But uh, everything else was okay. Did you feel that there was um, support from your uh, colleagues during this time? From my, the other training. The other people were training, yeah, we were real tight. The um, rest of the people at the base, the experienced guys. Some were real supportive and, you know, would come up and talk to me. Some were openly hostile and wouldn't talk to me at all. And, uh, so, but usually, looking back on it now, the, the trainees are kind of 
separate because they're going through training program and uh, the other people don't even spend much time with them. So like, we don't even get to know the trainees pretty much every day. So that was probably pretty standard. So you feel like when you were in training with, uh, you were the only woman with this group of men, that it didn't make any difference? You were a local cohesive group because you were all going through the same Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, we were. We were all going through the same same stuff. Everybody had sore muscles and miserable and going to hot tubs to try to loosen <laughs> the body up in the whole shot, yeah. yeah. Well, when you, how many fire jumps did you make? Have you made? Um, you know, somebody asked me that. I think I've made about 23 or so. I'm not really sure. What was your worst one, Mike? Oh. Hmm. Well, there was one. Let's see. There were worse ones for different reasons. One, I landed in a tree. That was okay, though. But probably the worst one that I felt personally bad about was. Uh, there was a guy right above me. Well, usually since I'm wider, when we jump a two-man stick, I, was, uh, I could watch the other person land and land myself. I never had to worry about anybody else in the air. But in this particular instance, I must have hit a downdraft or he hit an updraft. I don't know. He weighed 200 pounds and jumped first. Um, I weighed 125 and jumped second. But I hit the ground before him and didn't realize he was above me. He was apparently directly above me as we were coming into the ground. And I had no idea he was there. And um, I turned to to make my uh, landing, and apparently he turned the same way, and it scared scared him a lot. And he had to do some quick little maneuvering right at the end, and I felt really bad about that. Though I guess it's kind of the upper person's responsibility to stay out of the lower person's way. I still felt real bad about it. So that was probably the worst, I guess. What was the best one you ever did? Oh. I don't know, one where I just maneuvered right and landed right in the spot and landed light. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a couple of good ones that I didn't have any problems. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast about storm jumpers and that through the story excerpt as well as the interview, you have thought a bit more about what makes an adventure and how we can prepare for emergencies. This concludes the Unit 5 Lesson 1 podcast about smoke jumpers. This episode will be archived on my blog under the Reading Street tab for you to listen to again should you wish. Please join me next time when we will learn more about different types of literature that will open up our minds and encourage us to explore the world beyond our own backyard. <laughs>